I'm Mike Peters. I'm Dan Morfitt. And this, and this is, is Top, top content. content. So, the RNLI, how does that stand for oh, the Lifeboat Association? Is it the, is it the Royal Nigel uh, Lifeboat Institute? Institute, yeah. Something like that. Pretty um, Patel is the perfect politician because she came here from Uganda. Her family came here from Uganda to escape Idi Amin. Yeah. So she's part of the uh, African uh, Indian group that lived in Uganda and then got uh, basically slaughtered and had to uh, leave the country. And, and her family sought refuge here. And she's a great example of what happens when a family can go away from the ravages of horror in other lands and get to a new land and then build up their own uh, status. Mm. So she has effectively pulled up the ladder on everybody else that now comes because they're not deserving. And the RNLI have been lambasted by Farage and, and many other people for helping people who are literally drowning in the English Channel, going, you can't help them. They're trying to leave an awful life behind. It's like, well, some people would rather let them just die. And the RNLI don't really ask for identification when saving you from the water. No. Pretty Patel's the perfect politician in that you can't accuse her of pulling up the ladder because she will then accuse you of racism and... That's that's why she's got the. You're treating me as a as a person of of color. I am not. I am just evil incarnate, and you must respect my decisions because they're my decisions, and I'm better than you. I came on to top content today, all quite quesarasara. Yeah, and I thought it's going to be. I'm not bothered about what the Tory government are doing anymore, but ah, oh, every day, every day is awful. Well, he can't even put up an umbrella, as we've established. No. So, you know, there's a. I mean, well, oh, just as an aside, I mean, as you mentioned it, my granddad knew Idi Amin. Please continue. Well, because he. he Idi Amin fought for the British in World War II, mm. I, I think. Um, obviously, my granddad was in Trained the. Trained at Sandhurst, uh, I think, as well. Yeah, it was in the Second World War and he knew him. So, so my granddad could actually have been. I don't know whether Idi Amin taught him this. But in terms of uh, he taught him how to, uh, no, 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 no. As in, he taught he taught him, I think, to how to say, "Can I have a cup of tea in Swahili?" Uh, and he, he knew Idi Amin when he was when he's obviously fighting for the British. I don't, I don't so. Hey there, Idi, Idi, come here. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Yeah. And do you know what? Your grandfather was played by Kevin Bacon <laughs> in the film, which is just. Weird. We, we were talking. What, what was the situation we were talking about the other day, I me and Becky? Because she keeps going on about us wanting to wanting to watch Sleepers, but then says she doesn't want. Oh, to that's Sleepers. a great film. And again, talking about Kevin Bacon, I think it might have been, might have been while we were away. Yeah, and somehow, Jason ca- Patrick. It somehow, ca- yeah. yeah, it somehow came up in conversation. I, I, I'm not quite sure how it how it happened. I went oh, I know what it was. No, it wasn't. It was on Friday after I got back from from the aforementioned cricket match and came back. And we went. She she was around at, uh, at some a friend's house with all, with all the kids because obviously they'd all broken up from school and the leave was due and all the, all this type of thing. And she had a couple of couple of, drinks were flowing. So I turn up. I've invited round uh, to meet some of these other parents. And then there was a long long evening of, of, of beverages had, and um, which 
resulted in us playing Mrs. Brown's Boys, the game. Um, oh, there's no amount of alcohol that would make me play that. Well, that that is the mo- most fantastic level of plagiarism uh, there. But prior to that, there was a discussion of films because I mentioned the Harrison Ford thing, hmm. and and then and then she and then somehow we got onto what about she was just talking about random films and she mentioned Sleepers. It was Gavin Bacon uh, reared his head again. But no, Mrs. Brown's Boys, the game is is quite an, a, a, an extraordinary amalgam of every other board game. Much like Mrs. Brown's Boys is an amount yeah. of every other comedy that's gone before it. Yeah. It's it's Pictionary, Articulate, Charades, to name but three. Uh, of every So every other pile of game that you can think of. It just basically is that. Game that of you, life. You, you land on... Atmosphere, yeah. Ludo. Yeah, yeah, you have to play that. You have to do whatever it says on the card and it's either draw something, read something or try and explain something. Or what's the game where you have to... You put the thing on your the thing on your head, and you, yeah, then they, you have to ask questions to get people can see what you've got on your whatever the thing is. Oh, uh, immigration detention center Dover. That's the one. Great game made by um, uh, MB Patel. <laughs> Patel. Oh come on! Yeah, yeah. has oh. you a bro? Oh, yeah. he can't. He can't come in either. <laughs> They'll bring the whole family in. Look, yeah, whole family. <laughs> yes. Fun for none of the family. <laughs> From ages eight to 80, you're not coming in. <laughs> I can't uh, do it as well as you, but... No. Uh, I've been watching, again, I, I'm in America. I don't need to watch GB News. I've already got shit news wall-to-wall here. But there's something really endearing about how terrible it is. And I know, I know I've spoken before about how when I did local news, not even like ITV, but just local news, it was so much better than GB News. I wrote my script. I don't think they've even looked at scripts. I, I've seen their auto cues. It's so bad. It's terrible. When Nigel Farage, who... And I hate to say this, I'm not going to be the only person who say this. He's an abhorrent creature, but he's a very good broadcaster because he knows mm. how he, his rhythms, his cadences are brilliant. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. see yeah. him thrown off, whatever words are coming in his ear, to see him thrown off by just technical ineptitude of the lights not going on the cameras at the right time so he doesn't know where to bloody look. I don't feel for the man because he's a vengeful twonk, but... Oh, there's some great people on GB News. And I think in the gallery, it's got to be just um, revealed one day. It's Mr. Blobby in the TV gallery going, (laughs) and Noel's just tittering behind him going, revenge is sweet. Dave Lee Travis in the background, (laughs) fuming. Tony Blackburn knocking on the front door, but not being allowed in. Tony, you fucking dodged a bullet there, lad. Yeah, it's just GB News. Well, is, now is you see, awful. now that's come. That's an interestingly come around because because uh, if you look on the internet about Simon McCoy and the person that's regularly mistaken for him as a joke on the internet is the PC Tony Stamp Graham Cole <laughs> from is the it? Bill Cole? from the Bill. Yeah, he does look. They a bit do like look very Simon. similar. Yeah, they do look similar. They 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 could be you know brothers from another sergeant. But uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's actually yes. Yeah, so that whole, I mean, they used to turn up on Noel's house by every week, didn't they? Yeah, with, uh, him, with and, him and Dave Quinlan. Yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was him, Dave Quinlan. It was, uh, yeah. Oh wow, it's um, 
Yeah, GP News, I don't understand. Andrew Neil, I, I'm not a fan of his work. I don't like his style, but he, you can't say he's bad at what he does. No. And no. Simon McCoy, he's great, but he's having to sit on a badly made sofa, which seems too low for all of them. You can't sit naturally on it. You have to slouch on that GB News sofa to have any purchase. Or you have the high seats that poor Kirsty Gallagher is on. It's it just it's maddening in that it's the people that have made it have made some well-made TV over the last few decades. Yet they've all had a pile on in this thing and just gone. Let's forget how to do it. It's <laughs> well made. That was we we Clank. we could soak up some refugees and asylum seekers from the English Channel. Give them a camcorder. And they would be able to come up with a better f***ing channel in a day than some people on GB News. And that's not right in any way. Well, can I say as a... As a, although, a complete... although for costings, GB News might start to do that. Let's yeah. save these people out of the English Channel. You're here now. Let's make some news. Yeah. I, I, as a counterpoint to this, I watched one of the finest broadcasters in this country yesterday. It was just brilliant. In a beautifully set up green screen studio, but you genuinely couldn't tell whether it was green screened or whether it wasn't because it, the, the, the graphics were that good. I'm talking about Hazel Irving on the BBC's Olympics coverage yesterday afternoon. The, the, the sport that they were shown was almost secondary. It was three on three basketball and the guide to oh, said yeah. basketball was done by a former colleague of ours. Who? Tim Warwood. Oh, yeah. So as soon as he turned on the... T- and I hadn't watched any of the Olympics coverage basically up to that point because we'd been away for, for a few days and not really seen any of it. And I'm like, I was like, oh, I used to work with him. And um, Tim, where would you rather be? <laughs> Radio Breakfast? <laughs> or Japan? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, and, uh, but, but the, the green screen... So, the, the, so there's Hazel Irving there who's, who's just brilliant at what she does. Chatting away with, I think it was Beth Tweddle, and um, talking Twaddle with Tweddle. There's a potential format for GB News. Perfect. And they... Does she have any any, any (laughs) anti-Semitism or racism in her back pocket that she could... Not as as far as I'm aware, I think. Tweddle's Twaddle would be... Tweddle's Twaddle, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And um, Tonight I'm going to insult Roman Egypsis. (laughs) 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 Sorry. Go on about Hazel but, the, but, the, but, but no, your but the, 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 the green screen, the green through. screen work was absolutely amazing. I'm like, are they actually in Tokyo or are they in Salford? And I'm thinking, no, they must be in Salford because nobody can travel and all the rest of it and da da da. And and then Jason Mohammed came in and, and took over, and there he, he is coming to our country, taking over Mohammed. Sorry, we're gonna have to pause for just a second because the missus has gone out and not forgotten to take her key with her. Knowing full well that I'm recording. Bear with me for a moment. Welcome to GB News. If you are not English in any way or your family came here in an asylum-seeking, lace-making endeavour with the Huguenots, then I can't help you. I'm Nigel Farage. This is GB News. So Jason Mohammed comes on 
Strong starts with a comedy. So, Jason Mohammed comes on. Uh, Jason Mohammed comes. All right, John Bishop, go and kill a cat. <laughs> he's going to be the new Doctor Who, isn't he? he? He's not the new Doctor Who. He's in Doctor Who. He, that's what I said. As he's going to be in. Yeah. Well, he's, not gonna, character... he's not going to be in Doctor Who. Doctor so Who. don't no, think no. it's gone that late night. No, 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 no. Um, as, uh, as a character called Dan. Yeah, I know. Um, I know. Fucking hell. Of all the names. Another, another casting you've missed out on there. And uh, so Jason Mohammed comes on, obviously in a different bit of, of the studio, and he's sitting there, obviously linking between the items. And he's out there with what looks like in front of him a pool of tropical fish. <laughs> now, I think I genuinely think it was green screen, but it was that good. I'm like, that is absolutely amazing. Who's done that? That is brilliant. I mean, they must be sat there at GB News Towers going, what have they got? Oi, Brillo Pad, couldn't you have sprung for Coral Draw 6 instead of, you know... Artisan for the Archimedes 3000 is our graphics package, please. Wasn't Coral Draw the one with the um, uh, Tutankhamun on the, on the box? Uh, oh, I don't know. That Coral Draw's great. Herzl Irvine normally hates doing work on a green screen because the, the s*** that you can put on a snooker I was going to say, she works on a bloody snooker table. Yeah. Well, well she doesn't work on the snooker table. No, no, she's, she's, she's not. She's not s***ing. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, every no. time. She works close to snooker tables yeah, yeah she, well, she, we, we've all seen the accused <laughs> and yeah uh, I don't know how they do it and I don't know where they do it in Shalford because I've seen I've seen the studios I've seen the um, Blue Peter studio yeah in Shalford it's tiny it's freaking smaller than this basement uh, so I don't know where I don't know if they yeah, but then film. so is the audience to be fair so we've got a bigger audience than Blue Peter has have we? wouldn't surprise me but Blue it, Peter is not is not the force that it was in the days of Janet Ellis and Simon uh, Groom, let me tell you. Let's not forget as well, the first few episodes of Top Content were actually directed by Biddy Baxter. Uh, <laughs> just just for that continuity. No, I don't I don't know where they film it. I don't know if they film it in the BBC or they film it in the greenhouse, which is just down the road from Shalford Keys. Oh, 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 oh who Because they've they've got a, a greenhouse. They've, they've got a bigger studio yeah, a greenhouse. Yeah, they've got a bigger yeah. studio space. Further beyond Wagamama's or whatever that right. chain restaurant is in the corner of, of Shalford. I've never been there. You've never, never been? been. It's no. the, have you ever no. been to BBC Television Centre? Yes. Beautiful, majestic area. White yes. City down the road where they filmed Top Gear offices and uh, they filmed the one show after it moved from the mailbox in Birmingham. An amazing area with a massive Westfield. But uh, yeah, you go yeah, to yeah. Salford Keys. The only beautiful thing about Salford Keys and the BBC being there and ITV being across the road is there's a Booths, which, as you well know, I am the unofficial spokesman of Booths because it's the world's greatest supermarket. Well, do you know what? On my, on my uh, Dan Morfitt Memorial Tour, as I was driving through Lancaster, that was the first place I've actually seen a Booths. Yeah, oh, it's and, Preston. Uh, booths of Preston. Well, we drove through Preston as well, and we just drove through and went, why we, why, we, why we decided to drive through Preston, I'm not quite sure. But I did drive past the sign for Penwortham, Yes, and obviously the, I know that you used to live there, so yeah. I thought I thought that was a I, d- I did that in honour of you. Preston is a wonderful city. If you ever go there on a on a boozy night out, the pubs are fantastic. Right, well we were on we were there on a Wednesday afternoon, so we didn't stop. We just decided we were going to go to Southport instead. Black Horse, Black Bull, Lemon Packet, Adelphi. Oh, even Grey Fries if you want a Weathers. But of course they've got no staff now because we need them from Europe. They're cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not quite sure about three on three basketball though. As a, I'm not, I'm not, I haven't watched a bit of that though. I'm not, I'm not sure that works for me. I've seen it. To to paraphrase, uh, Bare Naked Ladies, 
uh, like Harrison Ford, they're getting frantic. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's yeah it's basketball's a mad game anyway, mm. and it's high scoring because Americans don't understand what a score is unless it's large. So three on three basketball is like it's great, but if it's not a real sport that exists in normal life, then why is it in the well, Olympics? I suppose I, the I, argument, it's, it's basically I, um, NBA Jam. On, yeah. on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's what three-on-three basketball is. It's like it's like they've basically gone, right, all the kids that play like in one-on-ones or two-on-twos in, in, in the street, that's what we're going to... We're going we're gonna to transport this into an Olympic setting. That's what they've done. But it's pointless. And they played it in this lovely arena, which looked great, but of course there's got nobody there. And it's like, well, you, you could have played it on down the, the, the church youth centre yeah. kind of thing. You, know, you could have played it there. Don't actually need to have any players there, and I watched. I can't remember what it was now. I think it was. Was it? I think it might have been Latvia versus the Russian Olympic Committee. Rock for sure. Rock, rock. I'm like right, okay. And the way the players were psyching themselves up, so they were kind of giving them the big, the big walk on kind of thing, but without the Alan Parsons project, of course, which is the walk on music of the um, of the Chicago Bulls. And yeah, I was like, well, where's, where's, why, why do we need? We just have the normal basketball. That'll yeah. do for me. But um, yeah, no, the, the Russian Olympic Committee. That's great. That's great. That's, it's so that, they can it's... still win medals, but not necessarily represent Russia. It's, it's... So, how, so how have they? Hang on. So I, I was a bit confused by this whole so Russia, thing. All, loads of Russians got banned because of yeah. drug taking. Because they're cheats. And then some Russians. Let me just check the last drop of that beer that hasn't got any... Uh... Anything that was used to what was it? What was this called? Pollen in. Is that Novichok IPA that you drink? Novichok IPA. I'm drinking. It's got some. It's got some stuff in it. From uh, it's from Salisbury, where they have the highest clock tower. Um, I've almost nearly been killed by a beverage today already. To be fair, I made it. Made a coffee with the uh, the coffee machine earlier, and I think because we haven't used it for a, 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 a several days, that I just decided to make the coffee, and it sort of spat and I think it was doing a bit of a cleaning cycle. And then I just put the milk in, ended up putting the milk in on top using the same coffee again. And I drank it and then got to the end of the coffee and then realised I was making myself very, very ill. And I was immediately sick. So I've almost been killed once today by the Russians. It was a, It's coffee. a Russian coffee machine. No, it's not a Russian coffee machine. It's not the coffee machine. It's my fault. It's no, nobody's fault but me. It's got like some big samovar from so this is This is a New Zealand IPA. Hang on, are you sure it's a New Zealand IPA or is it just using New Zealand hops because it's one of the major growers in the world of hops? Ah, um, I don't know because I've took the can away now. It's, Ever- it's called Everstone. I think it, is, it did say New Zealand IPA. Okay. I'll check. I'll go and, ch- I'll go and check and I'll, I'll, well, I'll, don't do it I'll now. Feed- I'll feedback. I'll feedback on that. No, no, we've had enough interruptions, haven't we? So, yeah, the, the Olympics is pony. It's pointless. It's, uh, is it? Uh, oh, all right. No, oh, but, bloody no, hell, don't, st- don't you no, bloody start. Like, like, like you said about three-on-three three basketball, it's like just play normal yeah. basketball. But they do play normal basketball. So why have we got this version of basketball? It's like if, you, if you're going to have a great British team, can we have a great British five-a-side team and just make it a little bit better with fly goalie? If you're going to have three-on-three yeah. three basketball, have yeah. five-a-side football. Yeah. I don't, why, why is there rugby sevens I mean, but not rugby rugby? No, what is the point? If we're going to start down this route of bringing events that are basically ones that you play on the street, then we should we should start to create a kind of urban Olympics. You've got the Olympics, you've got the Paralympics. I think you should create like an urban one. Things that you do on a on a on a day to day basis. So there's got to be one that's running for the bus or the tube or something like that. So whoever can get there, leave themselves with 
20 seconds before the doors are about to shut and you've got to absolutely peg it. The number of obstacles, like a steeplechase kind of event, yeah. I think that that's one. Yeah, rugby sevens, then just, I don't know, tackling somebody on a Saturday night out. Whee! That's a good one. Sort of the, the Saturday night slalom. They're bringing in parkour for Paris 2024, aren't they? That rhymes. That's beautiful. F***ing French. F***ing French with yeah, a but they, stupid they parkour. Bloody... Right. It's like... Oh, well, is in it... that case, then, if we, if we bid for it again, then we can we can just have one that's just news channels. You know that England win is that. never going to host another tournament of no, anything no. ever. No. Sports have got to be questioned, because the whole point about the Olympics is what? Uh, fastest, highest, strongest. As Daft Punk said. Yeah. Walking is bullshit. Elite walkers can walk quicker than I can run, but what is the point of it? Pointless. Oh, oh God Almighty! Oh God! It's, oh God! Christ is sending to Dan. What near? This is a, this is a culture war segment you're doing. W o o t t o n. I'm Dan Wooden. <laughs> this is GB News. Let's go to our guest. Walking in, uh... is walking is bullshit. It's Darren bull- Gross. You don't like to walk from f- out of your mother's bedroom. Tell us why walking <laughs> shit. <laughs> walking is bullshit. It's overrated. We can all get stuff on Just Eat and Deliveroo. It's bullshit. It's a waste of time. Next on GB News, you thought he died in a car crash. He's here right now from T-Rex. It's Mark Bolan. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Daniel Benningfield. Um, no. Uh, yeah. So we've got rugby rugby sevens. Bullshit. I mean, I, I did, you know what? I watched the obviously the video of the the rowers where the where the steering went all to cock as they were in their in their heat. You mean all to cocks? Hey, come on, that's a good rowing gag. That's, that's a good, good that's rowing a good gag. And I'm just thinking, wouldn't that liven up the rowing quite significantly? Oh yeah, all... in, instead of yeah demolition rowing, where yeah, rowers just like do- row like into each other. Yeah. yeah, 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 just row, row, row into each other with all the adequate precautions so that nobody's you know. Oh no, yeah, but like you, the the whole point of the thing is to sink it. It's like yeah. it's like human battleships. Yeah. So you could I have like a, you, you could have a, a a Russian coach, and they're all invariably Russian, uh, on the side yeah. going D seven D seven. Yeah. That's human battleships, but with with Matthew Pinson. Fuck it, Channel Five, human battleships, and everybody's in shitty canoes on a booby-trapped swimming pool. And yeah. then you have Kirsty Gallagher because she's seemingly getting work everywhere at the moment, and Beverly Turner <laughs> uh, as as the uh, missile dollies, and yeah. they they fire the missiles. And then you have invariably Paddy McGuinness or Tom Allen uh, <laughs> in there as well. And you get to sink. Hello. You, you get to sink celebrities in canoes. That's f- I... human battleships is fucking great idea. Look at his massive missile. I really like Tom Allen, even though he's getting every gig at the moment. I've seen him live about three times now, um, a couple I, of times at the Glee Club in Birmingham. He's great. I, I did a gig with him once. Well, what? I say I did a gig, as in he did the gig. <laughs> and he you was stood the, there. It was a corporate. No, it was corporate, and I was the voiceover and the and the entertainment after the show. I was I was the DJ, um, so I had to do all the announcements and everybody sit down and have their dinner. And he hosted this particular it was an award ceremony and he hosted but does of course 10 15 minutes to stand up beforehand and then host the thing it's all on autocue and all the rest of it and the running gag which worked initially but eventually ran out of steam was about the fact that there was some issue to do with the starter 
And 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 it, every so every time that somebody was coming up to present an award, and he goes, "Did you enjoy the starter? What did you have? Did you enjoy it? Was it nice? Whatever the starter was that particular evening, I can't remember. Like, yeah, all right, mate. Did you introduce him as Star of Home Improvement and Buzz Lightyear? It's Tim Allen. Tim Allen, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> if you didn't, that's a missed f-ing opportunity for yeah. some fine, fine comedy. <laughs> because there would have been a section of that crowd slightly disappointed. That it wasn't Tim Allen. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I couldn't do the same joke because the, the, other, the other couple of years I've done that same gig, it was hosted by. Oh, well, the first year I did it was Alan Cochran. And Bam. then the. When was this? Was, the 80s? Mid 90s? <laughs> then it was Paul Tomkinson. Paul Tomkinson. <laughs> and then, and then was, we had. Then it was Hufty from the world. <laughs> yeah, Normski did it one year. Donna Air. Yeah, Don Rare did it. Simon um, O'Brien and Marilyn yeah. Webb. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Donna, who was the woman that used to do the, the Sunday show with Katie Puckery? Uh, Donna McPhail. Donna McPhail. Yeah, it was it was her. Now, what, what, who else has done it in the time I've done that gig? I've done it for a few years. One year, as an interesting hire, they got the Reverend Richard Coles to do it. Of course. It was extremely funny. He's a, he's very a, good. He's a very funny man. He's but... very, very good. And then the other, what, the other year, it was, it was Hal Cruttenden. Oh, I like Hal Cruttenden. He's very, very and funny. I like him. He, yeah, he was good. But no, Reverend, Rich, Reverend Richard Coles was fabulous. He's extremely good. Made, I think, I think obviously, I don't think anybody quite knew who to start, so he had to then kind of explain kind of You know, from the communard, big gay. Yes. Now I'm, I'm God's vicar, right hand The vicar man. of, of uh, Finnegan, I think, isn't it, in, in North Finden. Finden. In North Hampton, well, sure. Same spelling, I've just mispronounced it. Yeah. Could, could have been worse. Could have called him Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I mean that'd be great I, I noticed that there's been a, a Greek commentator sacked for making an incredibly racist comment about a South Korean table tennis player what did he say uh, he said how did was he able to see the ball given that his eyes are so slitty oh my gosh I mean and he was as soon as the show finished he was taken out out and, and he was and just shot. taken out, yeah. He was taken out. He was just taken. They sacked him straight away. He was and, taken you know. to the former Olympic Stadium in Athens, which is now where they do major beheadings. And uh, she... <laughs> um, I, yeah. I saw the. I saw it's straight out of the Forbes McAllister kind of. <laughs> sort of. Yeah. I did see the the South Korean coverage of the opening ceremony where they associated countries with oh, pictures that's great so italy they associated with a pizza pizza and then haiti turned up and they associated it with disorder and a riot and it was like oh, did they yes did they yeah <laughs> i knew they'd associated directly with romania yeah that was, it's that just was, like was, yeah <laughs> so what do they associate the greek with maybe they, maybe this is just retribution for that uh, they just, associate I, the I greeks think, with with, with think, uh, olives or just complete financial mismanagement of no the entire no just, economy. just rampant sodomy and togas <laughs> welcome to gb news and the opening ceremony of the paris 2024 <laughs> they wouldn't even be able to put any f-ing pictures up <laughs> mr blobby in the gallery just just why are we in france it's because Anthony Neal has a house there. On comes Will Carling to explain the rugby sevens. They'll just get everybody that was gotcha'd by Mr. Blobby in the 90s to be there. So Garth Crooks would do the football. Well, what's, what's Ulrika, the... Ulrika Johnson would explain, I don't know, the weather. Dave Lee Travis would explain snooker, obviously. Uh, that becomes an Olympic sport. 
billiards or something or other. Whack, whack, no, honestly, though, with respect, snooker should be an Olympic sport if f***ing archery is. Darts should be an Olympic sport if archery is. Yeah. Drinking well, archer's snaps should be an I, Olympic I, sport I, I, if I did, archery is. Well, I did... I did read an article the other day about the hundred, the new new sort of golden goose for for cricket. I was going to save cricket, obviously, in this country, as a format. And um, I have to say, I've enjoyed what, some of what I've watched. I've thought the, the, the extra standard of play obviously is very good because you've got the best players, and so you're going to get and some, a bunch some, of kids as well who have, and a bunch have of kids. never had first team opportunities and are thwacking the ball around like never before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, it's been suggested that actually this may be the way to enable cricket to become an Olympic sport at that format because it works in within the time frame for, for, for the Olympics and I'm like yeah I can see that but I was down on the beach at Western Supermare on, on Monday there were people playing beach cricket who clearly had no idea about cricket at all and every time somebody I think they didn't quite I, I didn't have the heart to go over and explain to them what how the LBW rule works because I thought I, I can't be bothered really I had a glass of wine I didn't. I couldn't be bothered and how many no and, balls were given as well you know he was never hitting well this line. is it I mean they were bowling off a very short run at the face of you know, it was a very uneven surface, I'll give that. But I just thought, do you know what? Actually, is there a, a thing where we could have beach cricket well, as a, as an Olympic sport? If we've got three-on-three three basketball, can we have French cricket? Yeah. The fact that cricket's yeah. not in the Olympics anyway, don't change the rules to get cricket into the Olympics. They've got f***ing baseball, and that's pointless. So let's let's not put cricket in, because I don't want it besmirched by the Olympics. I, well, I, I want the- I want French cricket in where, you're, where your legs are the wicket... And you yeah. have just two people per team. That's great. Well, I, I did sit there, and I, I was I'm thinking I'm spending too much time watching cricket there, because I looked at I immediately looked at the field setting, and, and they had about five people on the leg side. And I'm thinking, well, I've never seen a field setting that's like that. There's nobody on the offside. And I was like, and then I realised, I thought, I'm overthinking this one. And they were Secondly, they were in power play as well. So, uh, well, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know how many were outside the thirty yard circle, but I looked at it and, and I thought, hang on, actually every. I'm expecting, you know, somebody like Joe Root or Chris Gale stood there or Virat Kohli smacking the ball, you know, perfectly through the, the covers. And, of course, every time the ball came down, they just hoiked across the line. And so I was like, that's why there's five of them out there. Actually, it's a very cunning field setting. But every time one of them got out or got hit on the leg, I didn't get how the LBW rule works. But also, they just go, you're out of there. Yeah. Every time one of them got out. They were thoroughly enjoying themselves, and that's great. That's fine. That's, that, let, and I, and that's, I thought, that's, that's fine. And behind me, there was another game going on with a, a little lad who must have been about three and his granddad. And the stumps were, the, the gap between the stumps was probably about a yard each stump. So I'm thinking that's an even better thing. Move this, make the stumps bigger, but put massive holes between them so that it could potentially just go straight through them all the time. And you keep thinking you bowled somebody and it's gone straight through and you've missed it. Just, you know, pre- tweaks. tweaks. Tweaks, yeah. Because yeah. I, I read a great article from Nasser Hussein about the 100, where he yeah. said it's not perfect, but it's a good start. No. And it's getting people to view women's sports, quite rightly, as an equal to men's sports. Because yeah. he says some of the women's games have been fantastic. And then I think Jeffrey Boycott just went, shoot all the boogers. So it's balance, <laughs> isn't it? It's balance. I think, I think, well, yesterday, I think we saw the first games rained off, which brilliantly were in Manchester because it absolutely hosed it down. So I think both the games went, or certainly the women's game, I don't know whether the men's game did or not, but, but yeah, you can always lie on Manchester to, to sort it, it out. It never rains in Manchester. Or, it pours. It never rains. It pours. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think there's a, there's a strong start there. To, um, and particularly with, with the Olympics for 2032, 
now it's going to be in Brisbane. Oh, Australians God. have got it again, which is fine. What's, so Bri- that- what's Brisbane in Australia? Is it like the fifth city? It's Queensland, isn't it? No, but is it like the fifth city? Because it's Sydney, Melbourne, Perth, Adelaide. Adelaide. Brisbane's got a, a, a Brisbane's got a population, I think, of around about four hundred thousand. I may be wrong on that. I think, but so, I think oh, I'm. Okay, let's have the Olympics in Leeds. Jesus. Yeah. Has somebody, you know, done a backhander with fucking Australia? I think what happened was, I, I, the, the whoever the other places that bid for it, their bids didn't cut muster, but they, the, whoever the, the, their bids did not reach meet the the basic criteria for a bid, so they all were like. Bunched out, so almost they got it by default. But I, Which, you know, but you know, you know, remember, remember when when London was announced of, of the, as the Olympic city on, I think it was the sixth of July, July two thousand and five, and the huge furor. And there was people in Trafalgar Square and all the rest of it, and they were all there in Singapore. The IOC, and there was a huge to do about the whole thing because mm. it was momentous. It was a wonderful day, and but this time I'm thinking I've not seen any of that about Brisbane getting it. It's just been. Yeah, yeah, Brisbane's no, got it. No, it's like, Brisbane, you've got the Olympics, and everybody in Australia just went off, not f- again. Well, I, I'm trying to think now. In, in my lifetime, they've had... They've had the Gold Coast had the Commonwealth Games mm. back in 2014, I think. I, I, I confused, of course, I was only a, a, a wee nipper at the time, because I confused when Auckland had the Commonwealth Games, I think, in 1990. I thought that was in Australia, because it isn't. Melbourne had the but, Commonwealth Games. When did Melbourne have the Commonwealth Games? A few years ago. Right. And then Sydney had the Olympics. They tarted up the MCG for it. Did they? Yeah. But Melbourne had the Olympics in 1960. 1961? That yeah. it's not really engrossed a nation. Having it in Australia again is fucking annoying for the TV. Well, how, how many hours is that behind America then? Uh, about twenty-three years. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and incredibly racist. So yeah, it's actually quite like America. I just, I think the Olympics are going to have to be reappraised because if three-on-three basketball is the epitome of man's sporting endeavour. Man has fucked up. And we, we've shown that every single day with, you know, police officers killing uh, innocent black people, floods on every corner of every continent. And yeah, I can't be bothered with the Olympics anymore because the Olympics are supposed to bring people together. But what's the point of bringing people together? Especially this one. They're just trying to keep people apart. Well, you've probably got you've probably got certain uh, police departments in America that are sat there watching the uh, the martial arts, watching the taekwondo and the judo, and going, "Hey guys, hey, hey, Phil, look at this guy. Look, she's got she got her knee on his neck, and he's, he's passed out. Man, we've got to get that in the manual." I feel I feel awful for um, professional athletes. Is sort of a misnomer because the whole point of the Olympics is that you can't be professional. It's supposed to be amateurs doing the best, but they're all paid now because they have to be, to be able to sacrifice uh, all the time and energy and lifestyle choices that they do to make mm. medal tables look good. Or, or if you're some despotic nation, you have to represent your country in a great sport onto pain of death. But it's pointless now. We have professional sports for a reason. 
And those people, although they earn ludicrous amounts of money that you think, some people's careers could last, what, 10, 12 years tops. With respect to people playing three and three basketball, the Lebanon versus Zimbabwe, I don't care. Streamline it all down. Because why do we have 3,000 metres, 1,500 metres, 800 metres? Why? Just have one f***ing race. One. Just one. Or, this is a great idea, have one race, lots of people racing, but at certain points, people get awarded. So you start 20 people around a track all at once. After yeah. 800 metres, somebody's won that gold medal. They can walk off. Then the next yeah. person wins the 1,500 metres. They can walk off. Then the next yeah. person... Because then they, the people that have already won the medals are your pacemakers. Saving money. Walking yeah. gets fucked. Baseball, they play it professionally. Fuck off. No. Well, I think maybe, can they change the cycling event so that you have to obviously now, there's got to be a number of ones where you've got to ride through a red light yeah. running somebody over. And, and there's got to um, be one where you get chased by an e-scooter. Yes. And yes, also yes, one yes. where a French person uh, with a sign gets to stand in front of you. And yeah. you'll, you'll only win the gold medal if you can dodge it. One And one way you've got to carry a bag of hot food on your back and you've got to get yeah. there before the temperature drops below 40 degrees Celsius. Well, the sponsorship uh, offers are already there. Yeah, that's there. I mean, I think, I think you could have maybe certain other running events, but you've got to insist that they have items. They've got to be pushing either a shopping trolley or a buggy. Mm. You know, a pram or something. Something, something. There's got to be some element of jeopardy. Maybe pushing them um, like a, you know a cage that normally has food on it. Yeah. Or um, or a, or, a, or like a trolley which has got a package on it. So you pull it off a off a FedEx wagon or something like that. So the, that's got to be brought into it as well. I think these urban Olympics, I think, are, are coming along a treat. I think there's a number of events there that are genuinely relatable. And of course, one of the events, if it's delivering a parcel, has got to end with the winner being able to lob their parcel onto the stadium roof. Oh, could you imagine? The, and then leaving a card and saying, your parcel is with the neighbour. The, the independent nation of Hermes are, are already in gold medal <laughs> position. We, we joke, but you know what the Olympics used to be like. I think between it starting in, what, 1896 <laughs> to yeah. uh, 1936, you know, the, the great um, Olympics in Berlin under the Nazi regime, <laughs> there used to be a gold medal awarded for town planning. Is that true? I, it is true. Town planners used to submit and get given gold medals. I'm In not, the Olympics? Yeah. And before walking, I didn't realise this was a sport. I read a great article on it, and I still don't understand if it's like a big spoof or not. T town planning seems a very long-winded sport to incorporate into the Olympics, because that takes several years. Precisely. So these things can change. We only know the Olympics as it is now because of Hitler. God, I hate well, can't, even saying his name. All right. Can't they? Well, it makes a change to say Hitler. You've been saying with Kevin Bacon all, all, all the whole time we've been recording. So Hitler was in tremors. Yeah. yeah. Um, but surely, no, that was his uh, minister of um, of propaganda, wasn't it? Tremors. Oh, no, it was Goebbels. But you could surely now you could incorporate esports into it yeah. and have them rather do the town planning, give the gold medal out, but then get them to do it on like Sims. No, Minecraft or. Minecraft, yeah, Minecraft, or, uh, or or you know Lego, if you want to bring a real, real element, I, I would I would I would do it that way, and I happily have the town planning gold medal. But I I didn't realise pedestrians was a sport. Being a pedestrian was a sport. 
because if you manage to survive the day, then you feel that you've won a gold medal. No, the the they used to be. I don't know if it was in the early Olympics. There used to be this thing where a bunch of walkers would walk around in an oval for about six days. Um, this is none of this is bullshit, and they would cover about five hundred thirty miles in six days, just walking around an oval. They could walk out of the oval to have toilet or to eat. They could sleep if they wanted to. But this was a sport. This was a spectator sport over six days. Pedestrians. All these different people had different styles. So some people would go long strides and he would be a personality akin to, say, John Parrott. And then there was another personality who would walk very strict. So he would be like the, the Phil Tufnell of pedestrians. If that what, what, was what, a sport... Hang on. Why Why have you confused the question of sport with this Olympic sport? What sort of fever dream are you having there? And in any case... I've been I've ill. Had, this I've, is had, I've, I've had Hazel Irvin listening to this and she's just, just through my earpiece and just gone, that's bullshit. It's not. It's not. It's no. not. Hazel it's Irvin not. says it is, so it is. Hazel Irvin says it's bullshit. That was one of the best albums by the Ramones. <laughs> I think. Uh... Uh, Doogie Donnelly agrees with you. Uh, another tune from the fall there. <laughs> Doogie Donnelly agrees with <laughs> Can you draw a picture of Jason Mohammed? No, that's that's been proven impossible. An Olympic sport, uh, yeah, as an Olympic sport, can you draw a picture of Jason? In fact, wasn't that a fall live album? It was, it was, it was, it yeah. was uh, Brix's first live album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, recorded, it was, recorded at Warrington recorded... Park Hall, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. No, 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 in Telford. <laughs> Telford. It was actually recorded in Telford, <laughs> um, which was a, a full venue of many, many different. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go and test out the skills of a, of a delivery driver now to get. <laughs> to see what he's up to competing in the parkour Olympics of 2024 in Paris, driving around carrying food. I think that's absolutely a go. I think we can, we can make that happen. There'd definitely be TV interest. GB News would cover it after the, after the, the Dan Wharton hour. That would yeah. be straight on, straight and on. And coming up, it's Tamir who's delivering a Chinese for Deliveroo. Tamir came to this country looking for a new life. He didn't get that. He works for Deliveroo. His parents were killed in front of his face by Pretty Patel, the former Home Secretary, now our beloved leader. Over to you, Mick, in the commentary box. I can't speak! They don't like it! Thanks for listening to Top Content. You can find the full archive of great fun and frivolity at podfollow.com slash topcontentpod. Please listen and rate and review and subscribe and all that stuff. And also find us on social media as well, because that's massively important these days, you know. Uh, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok, we are at Top Content Pod. As ever, this has been a Top Content Production.com.